0: Over,
1: pass them to the center, and um, that way I can make sure everything's in the recording. So, where's our new
0: one? What did I do with my new one? Did I turn in my new... So, those who are listening to the recording, how is it is it turning out okay then? And you can even hear.
2: For some reason, I tried to. I,
1: mine stopped halfway through. I only got to the beginning of like the
0: new the kingdom huh huh but yours you you said you played it all the way that is weird i don't understand that let's see do we have all the these all the quizzes here
1: (laughs) yeah another good one
0: excellent all right let's uh let's dig right in get right to it um because we've actually been pushing right up to the limit almost every every time i did i did thank you for thank you for asking it's ready to go and we're going to, Becky, we're going to ask you, if you would please, to open us in a word of prayer.
1: Lord Jesus, we just thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to be here to study your word and to study how to be more like you. Thank you for the teaching and thank you um, for the ability to learn, to clear our minds of all the stuff that's gone on today and help us to be able to um, absorb and focus and just understand uh, what it is that you want to teach us through pastor rich and we just thank you for everything in jesus name amen
0: amen thank you thank you um who remembers the last very last point of the of last week's teaching i not yeah not the conclusion necessarily but the last point yeah it had to do with hope and if you look at the top of your of your lesson today uh just in review i wasn't even going to hit this and i just happened to notice that that the bible says that hope is an anchor for our soul think about what an anchor does that's why hope is so important that's why hope is so important is that at the top of your notes i think it is it is not at the top of your notes wow well let me give it to you hebrews 6:19 hebrews 6:19 hope is an anchor Or your soul? What does an anchor do? Yeah, it keeps you steady no matter what's going on on the surface. Keeps you from capsizing. Keeps you from floating off. It's very important. Well, today we're going to talk about a cousin of hope that actually takes hope a step further. And it is one of the most discussed words in the Bible. And yet, I I would say that probably a lot of believers know very little about it, even though it's one of the, uh, again, most frequent words in the Bible. And that word is faith. That word is faith. That's what we're going to be talking about, living in faith. Not just faith, but we're going to live, we're going to be people who live in faith. Well, let me ask you, before we get into it, Who, uh, you guys, give me an idea. What do you think faith means? And don't look, don't look at necessarily the... Um, the notes although it'd be hard to figure out because there's blanks there primarily but what do you think what is faith to you oh that's good believing in things you don't see that's actually very very good because it's going to be hit one of the points one of the biblical points we're going to cover uh, anybody else faith what does it mean to you Substance of things hoped for. Well, you guys are know, you're knowing the word pretty good because that's really taking what Mary Lou was saying and giving the Scripture for it. Excellent. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Anybody else? A pure trust. I like that. I like that a lot. I, 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 being assured. I can't say it for whatever reason. <laughs> Assuredness assuredness. Yeah, you said it. I, I just was afraid to repeat it because I didn't know if I could get it out. But being assured. I like that. It is. That's that's excellent. Sandy and then, Spencer? Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. All things are possible. So faith encompasses that. I like that. These are really good. Really good. That's, I'm glad I've asked this question. And I'm repeating it so that it'll just in case your voice doesn't pick up. Do a Absolutely. It's, it's really the
1: thing I'm so there, okay. It, take <laughs> 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 this is I'm
0: at. Oh <laughs> 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 Ah, very good. I was flashing through my mind was insurance. Do we have it? You know, what? (laughs) (laughs) That was excellent. excellent. I loved all these answers. Really, really good. Well, let's take a look at the... Because really, you guys... You had no idea. Jeez. Okay, just so everybody knows, there's a fine line between faith and stupid. (laughs) All right, we'll get serious here. I love your answers because really you encompassed both that we're going to give you. I mean, every answer hit it, both of what we're going to show up here. The one... Uh, was certainly mentioned by Tabby. I mean, there were so many. I'm afraid I'm going to fail names if I try to re- mention. Obviously, what Spencer just showed. We'll probably never forget that. I will say a visual really drives home the point. So total and complete trust. Total and complete trust. Um, why don't we do this? Mary Lou, we'll begin with you on the Scripture. Uh. The Galatians? No, John. I'm sorry. Oh. John 3. I, yeah, that was good. Let me go ahead. Galatians three eleven is our key scripture. The righteous shall live by faith. So this is for everybody who considers himself righteous in Jesus, which is everybody in this room. Remember our lesson. You are. You've been made righteous. So this is for all of us. Really, it's for every believer because every believer has been made righteous, even if they don't understand that truth. So we shall live by faith. OK, so now we're going to give the scripture under this. Total and complete trust, though.
2: John 3.16, Amplified. For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave up his only begotten, unique son, so that whoever believes in, trusts in, clings to, relies on him, shall not perish, come to destruction, be lost, but have eternal, everlasting life.
0: Yeah, I like the Amplified Purposely on this one. Why? Because what do people, when they quote John 3.16, probably the most quoted scripture by saved and lost alike, and so many times people well, I believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. So what does the amplified do to that word believe? It breaks it down. Yeah, it breaks it down or it amplifies it. It breaks it down or amplifies it. What are the words it uses to describe what that Greek word means? In other words, the Greek word could be translated any of these, and all of these. They picked the word believe because it was the best word to encompass, but it means, that Greek word means all of this. What does it mean? Go ahead, Anna, since you...
1: Trust in, clings to,
0: rely on. Yeah. Now, you remember a couple lessons ago, and this will kind of go with what you just did a minute ago, Spencer. Um, you kind of one-upped everything that's going to happen tonight now, but uh, a couple lessons ago we talked about a wheelbarrow. And crossing a chasm or a canyon. And um, a guy had gone across with the wheelbarrow, he came back. How many of you believe I can now go across with so much weight? And he put a bunch of weight in there. You know, hands were now confident, they're all right, right you know, going up and he goes across, comes back. But what was the main punchline? What was the next line? Yeah, he said, Okay, how many of you really believe I can do that again? With the same amount of weight? Hands all over the place. There's a big difference between raising your hand and getting in the wheelbarrow. Getting in the wheelbarrow is what this is. That's faith. That's faith. It's not just a mental ascent. Oh yeah, I believe in Jesus. It's literally, I trust you with everything. Everything. I give you my life. I trust you. It's like we we shared that what I did a long time ago at that... Jesus Festival was a youth when he said, take out a blank sheet of paper and write your name at the bottom. And now give it to the Lord and say, Lord, here it is. You write in the terms. I trust you. It's all of the above. Whether it's falling back, putting yourself in the wheelbarrow, it's literally everything about life. My job, my marriage, my family, my kids, uh, my health, uh, my finances, this, that, on and on, my salvation. I trust Him. I mean, I've put all my marbles into this. This is it. That's the righteous shall live by faith. And, and like so many of the things we're going to talk about, we have, you probably haven't perfected that yet, neither have I. I kind of want to fall back on some security things. What could be more secure than God? But I want to fall back and kind of pad my, just in case Chris doesn't catch me, you know, I want to have plan B. And, and boy, this is, that's what it is. That's what it is. And several of you really, really said words that hit home on that. The other one, the others of you mentioned this next one. Oops, I'm sorry. I guess I already showed it, didn't I? There we go. To be sure or certain, I didn't realize that I had put both of them up there. So you probably already filled that in. But let's go ahead and read the scripture. And you guys were reading this. This is, um, I think it's the NLT. I should have put where I got this translation from. I liked it a lot. So it will sound a little different than what was quoted here tonight, which is the evidence of things not seen, the substance of things hoped for. I think that's King James, which is what I grew up on. So I'm familiar with that scripture. But I like the way this words it, because it just kind of caused it to come alive, because it worded it just a little bit different, and it made it, whoa, come alive. So let's see, Tabby, you're reading that one, Hebrews 11.1.
2: Now faith is being sure of what we hope for, and certain of what we do not see.
0: Okay, say it one more time.
2: Now faith is being sure of what we hope for, and certain of what we do not see.
0: What happens is, this takes us out of the natural realm. See, in the natural realm, this is what I see. This is what I see. But when I move into faith, it takes me higher than that. Now I'm seeing from a heavenly place, and it's things that I'm hoping for, and I'm certain that I have them. It's taken me to another level. And man, if we could get God's people to move to this level. That includes me. Let me give you an example of this. Years ago, I was praying for my siblings. I have one sister and three brothers. There's five of us total. I'm the oldest of the four boys. Uh, My sister's older than me. I was in Bible college. This is back in the 70s. I'm praying for my siblings, of which at that time, not one of them was living for Jesus. Not one of them wasn't even sure if they were saved, even though we were all raised in a Christian home. Uh, I could remember seeing, and as I'm praying for them, by faith I began to visualize them worshiping God, and I would see it in the Spirit. Even though in the natural I would talk to them, and it wasn't that way at all. Well, my one brother first got saved, and then another one got saved, and then my stubborn brother... Got saved. Last of all, but my sister, and a lot of you have heard her testimony. Haven't heard her personally. One of these times, I'd love to have her come and share her testimony. But my sister ran off from home when she was 16. She had gotten pregnant. um, She, uh, which was a major upheaval, obviously for my parents. And then she decided to marry the young man who impregnated her. And then she took off from him, literally just disappeared and disappeared out of sight, left her baby, left her husband, and took off. And we didn't hear from her for a few years. And over the next, we'll say about 30 years, I didn't do the math here to figure out exactly what it was, but over about that amount of time, we would hear from her from time to time. And basically what we would hear was only when she needed something, money, basically. But every once in a while she would call and say, I'm really changing now, my life's really changing now. And I remember the first couple of times I got so excited. I thought, this is the answer to my prayer back in the 70s. Because I saw my sister by faith, her hands raised and worshiping God. I saw it as clear as can be. But after a while, after so many calls, I began to really doubt what I had believed years before. And I struggled with it. And when she would call, it didn't matter if she said, I, I've changed. I just didn't believe it because she never did. It was, most of it was just manipulation manipulating my mom and my dad and all of us to get what she wanted. But one day, one day. And this is why when people say there's no hope for some people, my my sister was a drug addict. My sister was probably a sex addict. She uh, was married I don't know how many times in her life, and she gave herself to prostitution to uh, fuel her drugs. And uh, she would at times try to move to other cities, thinking of move to another city, would somehow get her free, but the addictions were deep, and she'd get to that city, and it's just like, like-minded spirits have a way of drawing, like-minded spirits, and she'd get to a city, and it would last about a day, and she would already be making connections, and the connections led to her demise. Well, they ran out of food one time, and, and uh, she was living with another guy, and uh, uh, she, he told her, you need to go out and get some food, because they spent all their money on drugs, and she said, well, there's a church up here. She said, I know the drill. I've done it so many times. I'll go up and, and I'll get some food up there for us. So she went up there, and of course, they required that they go through a, a meeting. She'd been through a lot of meetings. She was pretty hardened. But for whatever reason, this meeting, this one, God touched my sister, reached down, and answered a prayer from 20-some years, 30 years before that was offered up in faith, not just by myself, but I believe others as well. And he changed her. Now, when she first called my mom, uh, we knew something that had happened because in the background we could hear the guy she was living with. I was told this by my mom, screaming, and he ripped the phone out of the wall, and that was the last my mom heard for a while. But that church took my sister in, discipled her, And um, it's been, I guess, 12, 15 years now. She's been absolutely free. She's on a dance team. That worship that I saw, it went beyond what I saw. It was above and beyond what I saw. And so what I want to encourage you is this. And all my siblings are living for Jesus now. And what I want to encourage you is that's what faith does. Faith does not look at what's seen. Faith sees what's not seen. And it operates in a whole different realm. Now, I wish I could say I lived in that all the time. I didn't. Even that last time when I heard about it, I'm like, well, this will last. I mean, I was a doubter by this time, unfortunately. And I wasn't standing strong in faith. And so God answered in spite of me at the end. But faith, whenever I was in Bible college, it really was a prayer of faith. And I could see it as clear as could be. That's what faith is. It's things you can't see, but you see them in the Spirit. All right? Let's go to the next one. The importance of faith. And let me ask you. I'll ask you on each of the three. We're only going to cover three things. But we're going to kind of hit them pretty good. Why is faith important? Anybody? Just like we did the first one. Wow. We can't please God without faith. That is actually a scripture. Anybody else? No? Ah, I like that. It is activating. activating. It really is. It is the activation. It's what, yeah, allows you to receive. Oh, that's good. That's good. Oh, yeah. And a double-minded man will receive what from the Lord? Nada. Not Nada. Not Nada. Mm. So even our walk, okay, Becky, I heard that. But um, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Right now we have time. Like, toward the end, we may be doing our usual rush job at the end. But uh... no, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. This is why. Um, And I was going to bring out that scripture, but this is why we want to teach the whole counsel of God, because you could you could literally uh, with with all of the wonderful scriptures on faith. Some people could walk out and feel condemned. And that scripture, although it's not there's not a lot of them that say that is basically that scripture where the guy cried out. He received from God and he literally was crying out in honesty. Lord, I believe I believe there was an element of faith where he did believe. But he was like a lot of us. He struggled. He was like me with my sister. Uh, You know, 20 some years ago, boom, I saw it. I was believing. I was claiming it. You know, over the years, I began to be like the guy. Lord, help my unbelief. I've just heard so many false claims. So that scripture can give us hope that we can grow in faith. And God is merciful. But I think he wants us to be honest. When those times are real, I think he'd rather us be honest than put on some kind of hypocrisy and go, oh, I'm really believing. I think sometimes it's just better to say, God, I I do, I really do believe, but I'm struggling because sometimes things happen and they didn't seem to happen the way I thought it was going to happen, and now I'm I'm really struggling. You are the the
2: first honest person I ever heard say that. I've been to about five churches. I have never heard them say that they question their
0: faith. Yeah, well, well... Yeah, and, and I and I understand that they want to be an example, yeah. and so I do too. I want to be an example too, and I don't want to emphasize this too much. But, but at the same time, it's it's in the word. It is in the word, and that man did receive from God. Sure. So therefore, God does. He there's a difference between double minded, like oh, maybe God will, maybe he won't. You know, you're flipping, and the person who's struggling, but really does believe, but is struggling. God sees that struggle, and it's not like any other struggle. God loves us through our struggle. And he says, Yeah, just keep running to me and let me encourage you. <laughs> yes, sir. He inspires with something as small So he excited small. That's that's a really good point. The mustard seed grows into this incredible, incredible plant. But but it starts off like this. And he says, You got that little bit of faith? I like that. I'm excited <laughs> with that. That's good. Now we're going to grow on this. And even this kind of stuff we're going to do today can help us to grow in that. That's why we like to have praise reports too, to help encourage us in our faith. And that's why the praise reports are important. They're probably the most important for the person giving them because they overcome by the word of their testimony. Well, let me me show you a few things that we have here. Uh, The importance of faith. We are saved by faith. Why is faith important? Because it's through faith that we are saved. Now, I don't want to get too into the weeds this, on this one because we talked about this, but I think I will maybe cover all three of those points underneath. But let's read the scriptures first.
2: Romans
1: 5.1 Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace
2: with God through our Lord Jesus Christ.
0: Ah, very good. Let's pass it on down, Carissa. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9.
2: For it is by grace you have been saved through the faith, and this is not from yourselves; it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no man can boast.
0: Now, just real briefly here, I just want to explain because I think you have that. Do you have that point? No works underneath mm-hmm. that, and you have the words. Do you have the words next to it? Afflict yourself and cut off. Yes. So. Um, I don't want to get too into this because it's kind of rehashing what we've already talked about, but that comes from the Old Testament. And when you look at the Old Testament, when I read the Old Testament now, it's real stuff that happened. But what I look for now more than anything is I look for the pictures that God was painting for us who live in the New Covenant. For example, when they came out of Egypt, they slaughtered a lamb. It was a picture of Jesus. They put the blood on the doorpost. They were protected from judgment. So all of the pictures are phenomenal in the Old Covenant. Well, did you know that the Sabbath was a day of what? What is the Sabbath? It's a day of rest. And in the Old Covenant, it was very serious. It literally said, afflict yourself by doing no work. In other words, it's very hard for human beings not to do work. So they said, afflict yourself by doing no work. But if they did work on the Sabbath... They were cut off from the assembly. They were cut off from the people. I mean, it was a very serious thing. You think, why why was that so serious? Why was that such a hard thing? Because it's a picture. They were part of a painting for us. Who is our Sabbath? According to Hebrews, who is our Sabbath? It's no longer a day. It's now a person. Who is our rest? It's Jesus. Jesus is our resting place. He is our Sabbath. He's who we rest in. And we are saved not by works. If a person tries to work their way into heaven, where are they going to end up? They're going to end up in hell. You can't do it. You can't do it. You can never work. You can't balance the justice and say, okay, I can get more good than I have bad. You can't do it. Because no sin can get in. So he has to paint this picture that if they work on the Sabbath, they're cut off. That picture is for us. If we try to work for our salvation, we're cut off. And I I say that to people that are even believers because Galatians says the person who who knows grace and then goes back and tries to circumcise himself or do this or do that, it says they are cut off from grace. Galatians chapter 5. It's one of the rare cases where it actually talks about a person, how they could fall away from God. It says they are fallen from grace and they are cut off. So we need to understand it is totally by faith that we're saved in the gift of our God. Now, I didn't want to get too deep into that because that's not really what we're talking about, but I had the point there, so I needed to cover it. But I would say this. Faith, it gives us the certainty that we are saved. Several years ago, I went up to a guy who was a teenager, and I was witnessing, and I walked up to him, and his name was um, Shorty. And I said, Shorty, uh, you ready for heaven? Are you know Jesus? And he said, no, I don't believe in that. And I said, oh, man, you got to believe in it because it's real. He said, says, says who? He said, you have any proof of heaven and hell? He said, I don't believe. And so I was just like, you know, what do you do when somebody says they don't believe in that stuff? It's kind of hard. So I was praying, and God said, pull out a coin. So I pulled out a coin. And I said, okay, Lord, what am I supposed to do? He said, tell them there's a 50-50 chance. I said, okay. I said, there's a 50-50 chance. He said, of what? Then I realized where the Lord was going with this. And I said, let's just say there's a 50% chance you're right. No heaven, no hell. And there's a 50% chance that I'm right. There is. Fair enough? He said, yeah, fair enough. And I said, let's just flip the coin. At the end of our life, one of us is going to be right, one of us is going to be wrong, right? He said, yeah. And then I looked at him and I said, what if um, you're right? What have I lost? He said, well, you, you don't have as much fun as I do. Well, I think they're different. I'm enjoying life. Well, I guess you've lost much of anything. I said, well, what if um, I'm right? And you could just see it. I mean, the Holy Spirit all of a sudden started convicting him, and this fear came over him. And he's like, you're right. I'm going to go to hell. And I said, do you want to take that chance? He said, No. And I said, well, what are you going to do about it? He said, what do I need to do? I said, you need to receive Jesus. He said, I want to receive Jesus. And so we prayed with him right there. And then later on, I told him, just so you know, it's not 50-50. I said, I am 100% certain of this. 100% certain. He said, how? I said, by faith. I believe it with all my heart. I've staked not just this life on this. I've staked whatever happens after death on this. I've staked it all on this. But I believe it with everything in my heart. So faith is what saves us and makes us certain of our salvation. And when you get certain, I am saved. When you know that, I am saved from the penalty of sin. I am saved. When you know that, it stops you from being like this. I knew way too many believers that are like this. Years ago, somebody asked me, Rich, what is this? looked at him, What is that? What is it? Because he was always trying to get me of riddles. Said, what is it? I said, I don't know. What is it? Because I, I, I can think of all kinds of things it could be. I said, I don't know. What is it? He said, I don't either, but here it comes again. And that was his big joke. And I'm like, what? But years later, the Lord spoke to me and he said, I'll tell you what that is, Rich. He said, it's all around you. It's believers. Up one minute, down the next. Up and down. He said, they have no certainty at all. He said, that's what you were. Remember how you were in your Pentecostal church before you went to Bible college and realized, yes, I am saved. Once you know that's settled, it takes that fear away, and now you serve Him out of love. Now you go on because you love Him. It's no longer, oh my gosh, laying in bed like I used to as a teenager. I don't know if I'm saved. I don't know. Now I know I'm saved. How do you know that? By faith. By faith in His word that tells me I am faith. Faith saves us. Secondly, faith is how we receive. Some of you said this one. Faith is how we receive. Oh. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I
2: tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours.
0: You see, whenever we start operating in faith, what happens is. Um, We start walking under what one man described as open heavens. When I start believing, everything becomes possible. All things are possible to him who believes, the word says. And all of a sudden, I'm walking under open heavens. Why are the heavens open? Because God honors faith. It's how we receive, we receive by believing. And so by faith I'm believing and the heavens open up. I just read out a revelation today in my one year where it talked about a a door of heaven being open and I'm thinking, oh yeah, open heavens over Richard Curtis. I like that. I like that. I want to operate in faith to where I'm walking under open heavens and I can reach in. Let's see, what do I need out of the account today? What do I need out of that account today? Because that account was purchased by the blood of Jesus. Great was the cost. So that he could give me a will, and he said, "This is your will. Read it so you know what you got." So I'm starting to read it. And I'm like, "Oh, I got that. I got that, I've got that, I've got that. And when we believe, we activate it, because that's what brings it from there down to here. Over and over again, Jesus said, "According to your faith, look it up sometime. Read how many times in the gospel it says, "According to your faith, according to your faith, according to your faith." according to your faith and so yes there is that struggle at times where we need to be honest with the lord but the truth of the matter is it's kind of an insult to god when we don't believe he says here's what i'm going to do for you yeah but i'm not sure and god's up there oh it hurts that hurts that's 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 biblical It's like an evil heart of unbelief. Again, try to differentiate between the struggle, the man who was struggling, but his heart was after God. His heart was believing with everything he had in him. And he was honest enough to say there's still this battle with these doubts. The struggle, God's like, okay, let me help you with that. Let me help you with that. But that evil heart of unbelief that comes in as we allow doubts to assail us and and we believe the lies of the enemy more than we believe the truth of God's word. And so... So I want to I want to walk under open heavens. Now you know I don't always walk under open heavens. I, you know I battle at times with this. And now you know there's times, and what you're going to talk in just a minute about the enemies that all of us face. There's enemies to our faith that want to keep us and stop this stuff dead in its track. But I love the concept of open heavens over me. And faith is one of the things that opens up the door and says, What do you need? Oh, you know I need I need a bill to be paid. And I haven't been foolish. I, you know, I just haven't been able to do it. And well, come on up here, right there. There, there's go to the, go to that angel over there. He's he's got some money for you, you know. And, and, and it's there for our taking. So on the flip side of that, though, look at this next scripture. And this was Jesus. This is pretty powerful. Mark six five through six, and he could do no mighty work there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people. And healed them. And He marveled because of their unbelief. I want you to get this. Who could do no mighty work there? Jesus. Jesus. Even Jesus was hindered by unbelief. That blows me away. I mean, we're talking about the Son of God. Even He said, I could only do a few works because there was so much unbelief there. And He marveled at their unbelief. He said, haven't you guys heard of all the stuff that's going on? But there was unbelief there, so it hindered it. So remember how we shared Sunday? And those, I know Mary Lou was downstairs, I think, Sunday. But we talked about the arrows. Anybody remember that? And we were sharing how the arrows were coming to the throne of God. And uh, anybody can finish that for me. What did we say about that? Some fall short, but the ones that made it all the way to the throne had faith. They had faith. Yeah, the person was saying, why? Why is it that some aren't making it? Because they're prayed with unbelief. They really don't believe it's really going to happen. So they're left there totally the mercy of the sovereignty of God. Can I pose a question on that scripture with another scripture? Uh Uh-huh.
1: Jesus didn't say somewhere he he said, I only do what I see my father doing? And it says he could do no mighty work there. Was it a limitation or was it an instruction from
0: his father that they don't believe? That's a that's an excellent question. And I would say I don't know the answer to that, really. I don't know the answer to that, except I'm now scrambling in my brain putting those two together. I love that idea. It could be that God the Father Himself was saying, I'm limited here because of unbelief. So it could have been a genuine limitation, or literally it could have been instruction to Him saying, no, don't do it. You could. You could overrule this, but don't do it because of unbelief. Is that kind of what you're saying? And I don't know which one it was. I don't, because the Bible doesn't actually tell us. But that was, that's excellent. Excellent. Excellent point. Ponder that for a while. Just think on that for a while. I think either way you go. The bottom, the bottom line is that it doesn't change the truth of this, but um, that's an interesting, interesting aspect, Spencer. Thanks for bringing it up. Got my main, my going to town right now, and I'm going to probably be thinking of other scriptures and see if there's something we can come up with that might give us a clearer answer on that. Because the whole idea did Jesus limit himself? Uh, you know, most believe that he was fully God, fully man. But as fully man, he got tired like us. He got hungry like us. He was tempted like us. So in that respect, he was limited in what he could do and not do. He had to walk from one place to the other. You know, I mean, he, got, he, he limited himself in the natural. In this case, the faith, lack of faith also limited him. But then he also said, I can only do what I see the Father doing. So maybe of the followers just up there going, there's no unbelief. I mean, there's way too much unbelief here. I don't know. That's how I would interpret it. Yeah, yeah, well, that's at some point, too, because in other words, then everybody would be confused going, well, I thought that we, we thought that we have to have faith. But now there's like no I'm, I mean, everybody, nobody believes around here. And look at all the miracles that are taking place. So I guess it's not important that we believe it or not. Yeah, no, 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 no. Definitely no. Understand that, that God is not turned off by our struggle. He's not turned off by that. And He loves us. And He sees you as beautiful because He sees you as holy and righteous in Him. So He already sees you as the finished product. But now He's going underneath that finished product and He's saying, but let's work on Carissa. Let's bring her where she actually lives out what I've already made her. But the whole time He's working on you and the whole time He's working on me, He still sees the finished product. And the finished product is that I'm perfect and holy in Him. And I'm beautiful to Him. Could you live without sin? Well, let me put it this way. Could you live the next second without sin? Well, could you live the next second without sin?
1: Yeah.
0: yeah, could you live the next five seconds without sin? Yeah. The next minute without sin? Yeah. Well, then just... <laughs> we've, we've already lost one. We've already lost one. All right, let's back off. 30 seconds. The next 30 seconds without sin. You know, so basically, the truth of the matter is, yes, you could. I mean, live your life 10 seconds at a time. If You can live the next 10 seconds without sin. Now... <laughs> let me move on let me move on excellent stuff excellent excellent discussion thank you guys this is how we live and walk i think somebody actually used the word earlier walk we, we can't even walk this out. i think chris did we can't even walk this out without uh faith um let's uh, let's read the scriptures and then i'm going to ask you guys a question on this second corinthians 5 7 we live by faith not by sight go ahead and read the next one too since Proverbs sixteen nine. man makes his plans, but the Lord directs his steps. Yeah, I love that. I love that scripture there. And I make my plans, but the Lord's directing my steps. Let me ask you, how many of you know what's going to happen tomorrow? None of us know what's going to happen tomorrow, do we? None of us. None of us. We really don't. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But I know who holds tomorrow. And his name is Jesus. And I have to trust him, even with the future. I trust him. When I was in Bible college, we went to a camp. Our third year was called H-E-B. That was a grocery store chain. They had these camps, beautiful campsites, beautiful campgrounds. And I'll never, ever, ever will forget what we did on this. I mean, our whole class was up there. And the instructor said, whoever was in charge of this particular thing, said, "Okay, I want half of you. They divided us up in half. And then they handed out these blindfolds. And they tied him around. They said, make sure you can't see. Make sure you absolutely can't see. Now your partner for the next half hour is going to lead you through the woods. Not sidewalk. Through the woods. Oh, my gosh. It was scary. It was very scary because we didn't know, can I trust this partner? Can I trust that person or are they going to joke around and goof around and let me trip, you know, and, and and nobody actually did. I mean, everybody took it real serious. But I mean, for those of them, I was one of those with it like this. And I remember like, you know, you're still like, you sure? You know, and I kept saying, you are not, you're not going to joke with me, are you? And they were instructed not to say anything, but just lead us except to tell us instructions. That was it. It was powerful, and I've never forgotten it, because when we got back, of course, we all sat around. How would you feel? What would you think? And, I mean, we're sharing kind of our, our expressions, and they said, this is what a faith walk is. A faith walk is you're trusting God for the next steps, but he promises he won't hurt you. He promised you abundant life, but he didn't say you wouldn't have problems. You know, so there's that balance, too. You know, you may still have to step over stuff. You may still have some stuff that, Uh, even with the instruction you don't take it high enough you might triple but you can trust him and I've never forgotten that I'm thinking exactly what you just said earlier Chris that even our walk our everyday walk tomorrow I'm trusting God for tomorrow because I don't know what tomorrow will bring I don't have a clue what it will bring I could sit here and fret and worry and bite off my nails and You know, and sit there in the rocking chair and go, oh, my God, what's coming tomorrow? What's coming tomorrow? What's coming tomorrow? Or I can just sit there and go, you know what? I'm not going to worry about that. I'm going to trust him. That's what this is. All right, one more. This one was also said, you guys are giving all the answers tonight. We're just kind of filling in some, putting meat on your bones that you've given us. I think it was Becky that said, we can't please God without faith. We can't please God without faith. And that's the scripture. Go ahead, Spencer. We'll let you read another scripture after that, the next couple, too, because that's such a short one. Hebrews eleven six, And without faith,
1: it is impossible to please God. Yeah.
0: Let me uh, let me give you one illustration on this, and then we're going to move on to the last point. Because I really want to get to the enemies of our faith, because you guys are going to really relate to the enemies of our faith. You're going to sit there and go, oh, wow, no wonder I battle sometimes, because it's real. There are enemies of our faith, and it's not just Satan. It is Satan, too. But it's not just Satan. There are other enemies, and we're going to talk about it. But I want to give you one illustration of this: the children of Israel. Um, they were told to go in, take the land, and the spies came back, and the spies told them. Uh, they said, "Well, what'd you find? Oh, it's everything he said. Oh my gosh, it's a land flowing with milk and honey, and the fruit is magnificent, everything else. So let's take it. Yeah, but but there's giants in the." Land. There's giants in there. And now 10 of the 12 spies came back, and they they were able to persuade the people not to do it. Now, God was so angered by that lack of faith. What happened to an entire generation? They wandered in the wilderness, and that entire generation that did not believe died off. It was the next generation. They got to go in and take what God told them to take. Now, without faith, I, the balance, God God sees our struggle, and I love that, and I'm glad I want to keep that balance between us. But this, just this where people just don't believe, and they, and they don't get the word in them to believe, that frustrates God, and, and it's almost like calling God a liar at times. I just, I'm sorry, just don't believe you and God's up to that but These promises are yes and amen in Christ. They're yours. Yeah, but. No, no, don't. Yeah, but they're yours. Well, okay, then wander. I'll still take care of you. By the way, he took care of them. He, he didn't let them starve. They were still his kids. He took care of them. He fed them. Their shoes never wore out. Their clothes kept, I don't know how that happened. I don't know whether the shoes just kept growing or whether he would plop down every once in a while. They'd wake up and there would be shoes out there. They had, I forget how many train loads of of food every day that would be supplied for them. So God still took care of them. They just didn't get to enjoy what God had for them. And that's where a lot of believers are. God's taking care of them. They're still saved. They're still his. But they're not entering into all that he has for them because of a lack of faith. And it's the truth. I want to live in faith. I want to walk in what God has for me. I do. I want to. And I think I got a class full that wants to as well. Well, let me give you these, and there's more of these, so we're going to have to kind of move quick. This happens to us every week. I'm not the best at maximizing our time, but I'll, I like the discussion. But these are important, so I do want to hit them. I would ask you what the enemy, well, let's ask real quick, what are some of the enemies of faith? Because we got, we got time we can run through this, no problem. What are some of the enemies of faith? Anybody. Doubt, okay. What's that? Depression. Lies. Fear. Unbelief, what? Busyness? Anxiety? Stress? Some of those are the results of unbelief. But yeah, yeah. And they can probably add to the unbelief more. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Envy? Greed? Money? Okay, you guys are real. well, I'll tell you what. We could really go on this for, we could teach a series on this. There's a lot of good points brought up, and some of which aren't going to be up here, which is why I like to hear what you have to say. I wish we had time to even explore some of what you were saying. Let me give you the ones that the Lord gave me. Uh, the first and maybe most obvious is that the enemy, God speaks truth, the enemy speaks lies. It's pretty simple. He's the father of liars, the Bible says. Who has come to steal, kill, and destroy And so he'll lie to you always. He lied at the very beginning. Did God say you would die? God didn't say that. You know, and so he lied from the very beginning. He continues to lie. Take a look at the scriptures. Genesis chapter 3, verses 4 through 5.
1: You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat
0: of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. Who said that? The serpent said that too. to Eve. To Eve, he lied to her. And she swallowed it. All right, go ahead and read the next one. And I'll pass it on. I'll, we'll give it over to Becky here then.
1: John chapter 8, verse 44. The devil, he is a liar and the father of lies. Yeah.
0: Now, on this particular one, I'm going to go ahead and... Uh, and give you an assignment, all right? And it will be the first question on the quiz next week, but you need to read these two chapters. These two chapters are Isaiah chapter 36 and 37. We're not even going to talk about this one right now. You're going to look at it and then tell me next week. This is about King Hezekiah and Sennacherib, an Assyrian leader warrior and what i want you to do i want you to read those two chapters because in my bible when i read those and every time now i read through the one year every time i come to them, i'm like oh my gosh here it is again i saw a perfect parallel that Sennacherib was just like satan and what he said to the people of god now the next week's quiz question now just tell you what it will be it'll be tell me how that was like satan's lies and I want you to be real brief, nothing real long, like a, a line or two. So don't don't go real detailed. I don't want to. I'm only going to give you a couple lines on the paper. So so I'm not looking. All right. Shinnakerib will represent Satan. When you're reading it, you're going to be blown away. When you see it from that picture, you're going to be going, "Oh my gosh, this is exactly what he does to us." But and so next week you can just kind of briefly summarize, uh, you know, and it'll be real simple. It'll be like a, a pretty much a guarantee. Isaiah chapter 36 and 37, two chapters. Read it, and then next week you'll tell me how that was a picture of Satan lying to us. So all we're going to say about this one. Here's another enemy of faith. People. What? People are an enemy of faith? They can be. They can be. Take a look at the Scriptures here.
1: Mark five thirty-six through 40. Do not fear, only believe. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John.
0: Whoa, 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 he what?
1: He allowed no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John. Huh. And they, the mourners, laughed at him, but he put them all outside.
0: Jesus was pretty firm about this. He said, there's a miracle that needs to take place here, and you guys could stop it. So you're not coming in. They were the mourners. Um, all of a sudden, they're laughing at him because they think he's a goofy and he's nutty. But Jesus pushed them on outside. Go ahead and why don't you read the next one too?
1: Mark eight thirty three. He Jesus rebuked Peter and said, "Get behind me, Satan."
0: Uh, so let's talk about both these just for a moment. The first one. So Jesus at times only allowed certain people in. No. Yeah. No. no yeah. He did. He would only allow certain people in. He kept some people out. What I would encourage you—this um, is not being—this is not being mean-spirited or anything else. But there are times where, if you're dealing with something, be careful who you tell. Because some people, if you tell them, they will feed your unbelief. They will sometimes do it through sympathy. They care for you. It's not that they don't care. They do care for you, but they're not going to speak words of faith to you. So you need to be careful who you share some things to. In other words, it's a sense of kind of keeping them on the outside. It's happened uh, over my years of ministry. Some people have said, I've got this, but I'm, I'm not wanting it told to the whole church. I said, is there any reason why? Because I don't know they would love you and support you. Well, I'm afraid that some, and they would be well-meaning, but would still come up and they would be feeding my unbelief. And I need people around me that will just feed my faith. Because I'm already bowing. They're, they're admitting I'm already bowing. This is tough. I need people that will just keep speaking the truth to me. You guys know what I'm talking about. You've heard it. It's happened to all of us. I've done it my, I've been guilty of it myself. You know, my Compassion, so on and so forth. But it's not speaking faith sometimes. And I've, I'm sure I've hurt some people's faith. So people can be uh, literally can hinder your believing at times. Um, Peter, when Jesus said, I'm going to be dying, I'm going to the cross and I'm going to be dying. What did Peter say? Peter said, no, you're not. No, you're not. Stop talking like that. No, you're not. And then what did Jesus say to Peter? Get thee behind me, Satan. Now, he, he wasn't literally calling Peter Satan. What he was saying is, Peter, that's Satan speaking through you and I don't need to hear that. I'm going to a cross. I don't need somebody to tell me, no, no, don't, no. I'm not going to let you go. I need support. So he looked and he said, "That." Came from Satan, and get thee behind me! Now I'm sure it was embarrassing for Peter. All the other disciples, like, jeez, I'm not going to say anything. My gosh, <laughs> I, I was getting ready to say the same thing, you know. <laughs> but poor Peter, he was always the big mouth. But moments before that, he was being blessed. He said, "Who am I? Who am I?" You know, everybody says. Some say you're this. Some say that. Peter said, "You're the son of the living God." Ah, oh, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, Peter. My father, which is in heaven. And they sitting there going, man, I got that right. And then moments later, get thee behind me, Satan. People sometimes can hinder things from happening. How many spies was it again that stopped two to six million people, depending on who you talk to, and caused them to wander in the wilderness? How many spies changed the course of a nation? Ten. Yeah, yeah, you were thinking of the two good ones. There were two that stood strong. By the way, Joshua and Caleb, the only two spies that said, No, we've got to go. God said we can do it. Everybody around them died, except for these two old guys. It was a new generation and two old guys. Joshua and Caleb. I could just see them. They're, they're the old ones, you know, but they're, they're the faith ones. But I'm telling you, ten people stopped a whole nation from believing. And they did change the course of that generation. So don't, you know, if people say, oh, it's not that big of a deal, it's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. All right? Self reliance. Self reliance. Yes, sir. Wow. 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 Yeah, they, and they did sell it. They really did. Self, self reliance. Now, the Bible says God helps those who help themselves, right? Right? No, that's not in there. You mean that, that famous saying that everybody says is in there? God helps those who help themselves? That's not in there. No, it's not in there. God helps those who can, who admit they can't help themselves. He, he loves to help people who say, I can't do it. And God says, beautiful. You're a perfect candidate. Let me come in now. Because where you're weak, I'm strong. Self-reliance has caused a lot of people to miss things. I can take care of this, God. I got it. And God's like, I want you to depend on me. I want you to trust me. I got it, God. But you... Yeah, you you can do some of this stuff, but you're going to live on this level instead of this level. It could be misindependent, yeah. Kind of self-reliant, I'm on my own, I don't need your help, I can handle this. God likes humility, He loves humility. He's turned off by pride. Let's read the scriptures here.
2: Um, Leviticus sixteen twenty nine. you shall afflict yourselves
0: and do no work. Right, that's hard to do, remember. That's why he says you shall afflict yourself. It's hard not to work on. i got to do this. i got to do this, God. i got to do this. And the only thing you and I have to do is obedience. If God says to do something, so you get the desired effect, roll away the stone. Then just roll away the stone. He's told you to do that. But apart from that, don't do anything because you and I screwed up. All right? Go ahead and read the next one. We'll let each one just read whatever they have underneath their point.
2: Second Chronicles 32, 8. With him is only the arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight for us. Okay. And the people gained confidence.
0: Yeah, I love these scriptures. We're going to fly through here. Sorry. We're really going to have to fly through. Facts. Facts. Facts, I like to say facts versus truth. Facts are what you know, you see, you hear, you smell, you taste. That's facts. That's the facts. But faith takes us beyond facts. And it's based upon truth. Facts, truth. I'll give you a couple examples in a minute. But go ahead and read the scriptures, please. Gabitha, if you would.
2: We live by faith, not by sight.
0: And go ahead and read the next one, too.
2: Because you have seen me, you believe. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have
0: believed. All right. Facts. Israel. We can't go in because there's giants in the land. That was facts. That was facts. I guess. At least they concurred on it. That was facts. Stop them from receiving. Peter gets out of the boat. And what does he do? He's walking on what? He's walking on water until what? Until he sees, until he sees the wind, feels the wind, I guess you would say, and the waves. Now were they already there before? Yeah, but his eyes were on Jesus. Takes his eyes off of Jesus and he looks at. Wait a minute, I can't do this. That's a fact. I can't do this. Maybe the others were yelling, "You need to get back in the boat, idiot! You can't do this." You know, man. Yeah, fine line. That was good. That was excellent, Peter. So we're no different. We take our eyes off Jesus. We look at the facts. I don't deny the facts. When people say, "What do you?" You know, sometimes you, the blind man. He didn't go so far as to say, you know, Jesus said, what do you want? Oh, I don't need anything I can see by faith. I can see. No, he said, I, I'm blind. I want to see. That's the fact. But I believe you can make a difference, Jesus. That's the truth. You guys catching that? Truth. Facts. And truth always trumps facts. All right, we can give you a couple more, but let's move on. Reason. Reason. Man, how many times has God spoke something to me? And then I reason myself out of it. I start to think about it, and the more I think about it, I'm thinking, well, that does, that's crazy. And before long, who knows how many blessings I've missed, because I'm one of these guys, I'm a planner, I'm a, um, you know, my strength is my weakness in this case. I plan great details, and I like to know what's going on, I like to be in control of things, and there's so many times, I'm holding us off on a little bit, okay? Uh, because uh, there's so many times that I'll reason things out, and I'm literally, I'm sure that I've missed. I know I have. Because God said, do this, and then I, I think it through. You want to be obedient to the Holy Spirit and to what He's saying to us. What does the Scripture say here? Romans 12. And I'm so sorry, I'm, I'm going to kind of cut our. And it's my own fault. I didn't give us much time to discuss these last ones. So, so what?
1: Romans 12:2. do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind.
2: Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is.
0: Notice, and I love to make note of this, it does not say the removal of your mind, it says the renewal of your mind. Yeah, a lot of Christians, they're goofy. They're just flat out goofy. But when God speaks a word to you, that's no longer goofiness. Now, that's renewing my mind. I'm going to start thinking the way God thinks. I'm going to think. Reason. It's under reason. It's still under reason. All right? Emotion. Emotion. Who's got the scripture for this one? Psalms
2: 42, verse 5. Why are you cast down? Why are you cast down, O oh my soul? And why are you in turmoil with me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God.
0: Thank you, Christy. I think you have these points, bullets underneath, but I'm going to read them and and, and see. It. Let me know if you don't. How many of you have ever you've ever felt? Unsaved, unclean, unworthy, unable, yeah, I, I mean emotions, the next bullet says, know this feelings can be wonderful, but they can lie to you too. Mm. they can lie to you mm. i there's there's different enemies on here that have hit me more than others self uh, reason is one, and emotion is one. I tend to be somebody who feels a lot, um, which is not typical masculine. Strength. That's usually more of a feminine thing, but I do feel a lot of what people go through. And I think that God has used that to help me to shepherd people and care for people. And so He's given that as a strength in shepherding. But that very thing that is a strength can also be a weakness, because I tend to be emotional. There was a period in my life where I was very emotionally up and down. There'd be Some days I'd be really discouraged, the next day I'd be on top of it and down. And God has taken, it took several years, but He's kind of leveling me off. And I've learned, and I've learned, and I don't, is this bullet on there? Emotions make a wonderful servant. Is that on yours? Okay, let me give you this. I heard, this is not original with me, I heard this quote, and I loved it. Emotions make a wonderful servant, but a horrible master. Emotions make a wonderful servant, but a horrible master. In other words, you and I are to master our emotions. Not our emotions master us. If we master our emotions, Jesus wept. He felt something when he wept. He felt something. But he was the master of his emotions, not his emotions mastering him. And that's what I had to learn. That's, and it was a hard battle for me. It was a really hard battle. That's why maybe this means so much to me. is because, and I know a lot of people... You can kind of sometimes you can look at Facebook and you can see people's comments. And it's like they're flying high one day and the next day they're like, boom, 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 boom. You're like, oh, my gosh, I wouldn't be posting all that stuff. Now, they're being real. They're being honest. But the bottom line is it's a horrible testimony because what it is, they're going by the roller coaster of their emotions. And they just say whatever their emotion feels. And God says, look, you need to be the master of your emotions. It doesn't mean you don't still feel down. You just learned you you get like David. Soul. Why are you cast down? Now, you're talking about crazy. David's talking to his soul. He's saying, soul, why are you down? Hope in God. He talks to himself and says, it's time to get your emotions right. This one means a lot to me. It means a lot to me. I had to do it. Past and future. Past and future. Hebrews 11.1 1. Now faith is. Exodus
2: 3.14 This is what you are to say. I am has sent me.
0: Again, I think these bullets are on yours. If they're not, I'll give them to you. Far too many live in the glory years of the past or the failures of the past. Oh man, yeah, God used to do this. Oh man, God used to do this. Well, we can learn from that. There's nothing wrong with repeating what God did. But if you're living in that, it's like everyone's once in a while you want to say, And what's he doing today? (laughs) Because he's the God of now. He's I am, not I was, I am. Not I will be, he's I am. In other words, he's very, very present right now. So again, I I love to share reports from the past that can encourage people. But what is God doing today in my life? I always ask myself that. It needs to be fresh. God wants to be fresh. And that can be an enemy of faith. People that live in the past. And it's not just the glory years. Again, I have the other one here too. Failures. Some people just they live in their failure, live in their failure. And God's like, that failure was forgiven years ago. I'm the God of now. Not what you did 15 years ago. And that's destroying your faith to where you think you can't believe for anything because you think I'm mad about that. It's gone. You keep reminding me and I keep saying, what are you talking about? And the future, same thing. Oh, God's going to do this. God's going to do this. There is a degree where we're prophetic in nature, and we do speak that we believe God is going to do some things. That's okay, as long as it's not all oh, God's going to do this. God's gonna, and it's always in the future, and everybody's looking around going, "What's He doing now?" Those, you understand how that can be an enemy of faith right now? All right, last one. Once again, who amazing. You guys are incredible, though. Part of it is, you guys are so into it, you just, I feed off of that. I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing. To- I know you're not. I, I, I'll be honest with you. The number one reason I do it, one, because I'll tell you a real quick story. Because next week, you'll remember how long it went. I mean, people, that's the nature of human beings. People... They get out of me. Oh man, it was great. It was wonderful. It was cool. It was supposed to be over at nine, and God was moving. We went till eleven o'clock. The next week, they're getting ready to go, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, it lasted till eleven o'clock last week." You know, and that's human nature. The other readings, and more importantly to me, truthfully, is what's going on downstairs for Betsy's sake. So I never want to forget that she's a, she's a gem. She's a gem. A lot of you couldn't be here without her. So, and at the very end, we're gonna I'm gonna tell you something. We're gonna try to bless her. And, and I have some thoughts in my mind. So timing. And I know not everybody has benefited from her the same as others, but I am so thankful for Betsy you know, stepping up. Yeah. Timing. Timing is a, uh, I'll say is, and these, this isn't a complete list, but I think a lot of you could relate to a lot of the things that were in this list. Uh, go, let's go ahead and read the, um, Hebrews 6.12. We do not want to, you to become lazy, but to imitate those who, through faith and patience, inherit. What has been promised. This scripture, it was like a light went off in me uh, probably 15 years ago. It's been a long time ago now, but it's still as fresh today as the day that it went off in my head because I looked at this and I thought to myself, it was just so clear to me. I thought some people have all the faith in the world, but they don't have any patience. And the Bible says, how are we going to inherit the promises? Through what? Through faith and. Yeah, through faith and. Through faith and. Yeah, but not just patience, because other people have all the patience in the world. No, I can wait forever. But they don't have any faith. And neither one of those are going to receive all the promises. There are some things that happen years later. Years later. Years. My family was one of those. My sister was one of those. Years later. Moses, 80 years after he was born. His life is divided into three 40s. 40 years, learning, wisdom, under Egypt. God educated the man. The next 40 years, wilderness, unlearning, what he doesn't need to know. And then the next 40 years, doing what God had destined for him to do. But it was 80 years later. Joseph, it was 13 years later. David, it was 17 years after he was anointed through faith and patience, through faith and patience. We need both. We need both. You've got to stand firm, unwavering in faith, even when all the facts tell you otherwise. It's just so sweet to trust in Jesus Just to take him. Lord, I'm going to make that a prayer. Closing prayer. Lord, it is so sweet to trust in you. Just to take you at your word. Jesus, Jesus, how I've trusted you. How we've proved you o'er and o'er. Oh, for grace, though, Lord. Oh, for grace to trust you more. Father, for each one here and for Caleb and Ashley as they listen to it on online. I pray that you speak to them as well. And God, that you gird us up and make us people of faith. We want to not just be believers, but we want to live and walk by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. You're great. Great. Don't forget those two chapters. First question of the quiz next week. And keep it very brief. Don't go into a lot of detail. Just how does it picture Satan's lies? That's what you're answering. I'm going to run back and turn off this...